0: You're listening to episode 42 of the Product Boss Podcast. In this episode, we interview Taya Thompson of School Supply Shopper, who launched her business only 30 days ago and has sold over 65% of the units that she had to offer. We found Taya through a post that she shared on our Facebook group, the Product Boss Facebook group, and she wrote – it's a long post, so we're just going to kind of edit it out and share just some parts of it. So she wrote, Mina and Jack – wanted to share my evolution of an idea and the resulting success story from the subscription series. I binge listened over the 4th of July and was inspired to create a new revenue stream. As I brainstormed ideas, I realized a monthly box would be too involved and detract from my main business. So I focused on seasonal ideas and due to timing, I picked a school supply shopping to develop. So she did the market research. She, she basically reached out to the schools And out of 100 units that she had available, she sold 62 of them in three days. It's a fascinating story, and we can't wait to share it with you. So she concludes this post with, This could be a very lucrative seasonal business for our family. Thank you, Jack and Mina, for the inspiration and all you do to support our product boss community. So, Taya, thank you so much for being in our community, and we can't wait to share your episode with our listeners. So let's
1: get started. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my
0: co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kulositap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business.
1: And introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Siner, with the beautiful and wonderful co-host, Mina kunlo Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So, guys, we are so excited. This is our first in-person interview slash strategy session. We are in Las Vegas for the Magic trade show. It's the fashion and apparel and accessory trade show, and we were here doing a workshop for sourcing at Magic, and um, we were able to connect with one of our product bosses. So we have Taya Thompson of School Supply Shopper. Welcome, Taya. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited. So yeah, this is our first in-person. We were telling her we're usually on Zoom calls with everyone. And so we're, she's sitting in our hotel room. We're like, you trust us to come up to our hotel room.
2: And then they offered me candy. Yes. (laughs) But she did not (laughs) take.
0: Her mama taught her right. (laughs) So, um, so welcome. So
2: tell us a little bit about your business. So, thank you. Um, and again, thank you for the opportunity to come on. Super excited to be here. My business is School Supply Shopper. And what it is, is it's inspired by a subscription box model. I'm sure we'll get into that inspiration in a little bit. Um, but I wanted something seasonable and more manageable. And for timing, uh, the school supply shopping was really top of mind right now and it kind of was inspired because my daughter had wanted to go to Bahama Bucks, which is an amazing shaved ice place out here. But we had limited time, we had to go to Target and Walmart and get our school supplies done, and she says so brilliantly, why can't the schools just give this to us, or why can't somebody just do the shopping for us so that we can go to Bahama Bucks, right? She's like, the maids come clean our house, how can someone else <laughs> can't just do our shopping for us? And so I was like, wow, that could be a very viable idea. Mm-hmm. So I, we sat down, we did a little bit of market research, I posted in the Product Boss um, group page, as well as elsewhere, did some Google searches and came up with School Supply Shopper to be able to provide parents stress-free shopping and to be able to have the school um, participate in a fundraiser
1: for the PTA or PTO.
0: Incredible. So, when win. Yeah,
1: I love that. And your daughter is, like, the future CEO that is going to be outsourcing everything.
0: <laughs> I know. Smart. It's, like, when my kids, like, oh, um, I was doing, I was cleaning, and it's, like, mommy, are you the cleaning lady? Don't we have a cleaning lady? And I was, like, oh, my God, this is how my kids are being raised.
1: I am the cleaning lady at my house. Yes. Um so, Taya, talk to us about your post in the Product Boss. Like, what were you initially thinking about? What would, what were you posting about and trying to, you know, gather more information about? So,
2: I listened to your guys' subscription box series, mm-hmm. the five-week course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were talking about Crate Joy, and I went over to the subscription school, and a little bit more digging and I read about um, you know needing to validate your idea Mm -hmm. so I didn't really have a lot of time for those listening Um, I listened I binged the podcast over 4th of July weekend and on 7-14 so 10 days later I came up with the idea for school (laughs) supply shopping and here in Las Vegas school starts 8-13 so we only had about a month to kind of pull it together and it took me about a week. I posted in the groups that I knew, like, hey, moms, what do you guys do for school supplies? Would you pay a premium for somebody to do school supply shopping for you? How much would you pay? Um, is it stressful. <laughs> like, is it a school <laughs> supply shopping that you and your kids enjoy? And through talking to my network and the product boss um, posts, most people were either saying, no, I wish there was something like this, I hate school supply shopping, it's so stressful um, for me and the kids, none of us enjoy it, or yes, absolutely, I would pay for it, and I do, and we have this at our school. And so I found that there were many national organizations that were providing school supply kits, but none of the schools in Las Vegas were participating in any of those programs, Mm -hmm. and nobody else in Las Vegas was offering this type of service. so it kind of validated my idea to say, hey, no one else is doing it. Let me be first. <laughs> and isn't it the fifth largest school district in the country, I think? It's something really oh, high. Oh, that I don't know. But I know we're kind of low on the rankings. Yeah, but, but <laughs> the I was—I think I, was, I think I was watching worst. the news last
0: night. <laughs> so let's just put you guys in perspective here. We are in Las Vegas, and it is August 14th. So one month ago. Uh-huh. Wow, time flies. (laughs) (laughs) This business was launched, and she's going to share her success story. So we're here, actually, for the first day of school, which was yesterday. And I think I was watching on the news that this is one of the biggest districts. So that's kind of incredible because you have probably such reach to a huge district that doesn't actually have, like, the connections just yet.
2: Yeah, so I don't know how it ranks, like, in relation to the country. But Mm -hmm. I did do some research, and there are 316 elementary schools here or grade schools And 90, over 91,000 students. So I thought, hmm, 91,000 students that all need supplies. 100% of 91,000 students need supplies. (laughs) Even if I capture just a small percentage of that, that would be a very lucrative seasonal business for me and my family.
0: 100%. And then this... this, Vegas has changed, and people keep moving here, and so it's only going to keep growing. It's not getting smaller. Oh, so no. it's, it's going
2: gangbusters. It's reminiscent of the pre-boom time. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, okay. <clears throat> so, let's see. Yeah. So, um, Taya had mentioned that she... Let's see here. So eight fourteen today, 7 one month ago. So it happens really, really fast. And I do want to point out how fast things can happen if you do take action. So there was a post that Taya had put up where she was saying how she wasn't even going to reach out to the schools because it was so late in the game. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. So 7-14, um,
2: I started doing validation. Um it took me about a week to decide, yes, this is going to be something that we're going to run with. Um, I tried to DIY everything. Um, there was no cash flow <laughs> to get started. And I liked <laughs> the idea of the orders coming in for the supplies. And then I had to use that money to be able to actually buy the inventory. So pre-selling. So the pre-selling. It. Yeah. the um, Yeah. So I didn't have money for a web designer. I paid $7 to get my logo done through Taylor Brands. Um, And used a Divi Divi template Uh and threw up a website. And then I thought, oh, well, I probably should have a flyer that I can push out to the schools. Uh, And with us not having a lot of time, lead time, I figured I would just start with a school that we're familiar with. So we contacted one school, sent them the flyer, shared our story about my daughter. And, like, hopefully you will be inclined to share this with your parents and help them get their um, last minute shopping taken care of and while supporting the school. So I gave $5 per every kit sold back to the PTSO. Okay. And that was, that I got that for through Mina on my post in the product boss. Because so I was thinking I was just going to push it out to parents, like advertise it on Facebook and wherever and say, hey, parents, like pay mm-hmm. me to do your school supply shopping. And Mina had mentioned that, um, hey, People are partnering with schools and it's a win win. And then you have them being um, basically backing you up and pushing that out to their student body. And that made a lot more sense to me.
0: Absolutely. So, um, and I, you also let us know that there was a scar- there was scarcity involved.
2: So you said there are only 100 kits available? Yes. So I said, hey, we're prepared for this pilot or this beta run. Uh, we chose your school to pilot with and we only have 100 kits available. So, in a month, how many have you sold? 63. And you said you actually in, it. was actually in three <laughs> days. <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: so Yes, because I didn't
2: get the website done. It took me like 10 days to get this website up because I'd never built a website before. And then I had to go Google like how to integrate PayPal into the website. So I, I had to do that. And, you know, I was struggling with a lot of, um, I don't want to say like imposter feelings, but just, you know, like it's too late. It's too late.
1: yeah it is it's a little bit of that self-doubt that creeps in there when you're like oh you know well
2: and a little bit imposter because i'm thinking what business is going to approach a school for a deal like this or a partnership like this when open house where the school supplies are supposed to be delivered is in four days (laughs) and so did you did you get it done
0: in four days
2: yes yes (laughs) so i sent them the flyer on four days in advance and then over those three days we got 63 orders and, I, and then I delivered it to the open house. Incredible. That and incredible. you're a mom of four. Two. Two.
0: Oh, I thought it was four. That <laughs> yeah. feels like four. Oh, okay. it
1: feels like 20. Should be.
0: We- <laughs> <laughs> well, two, four, same difference. So many kids. But either way, like, you're a mom. And so you, like, you were able to just turn this out in four days, which is amazing. So thank you for sharing that story because it is just so inspiring.
1: Thank you. Yeah. We always tell all of our listeners to fail faster. And I think that 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 phrasing a little bit hangs up. People get hung up on it. So I feel like in my own mind, I've rephrased it as move forward imperfectly. And that's kind of what you have to tell yourself when you start to feel that imposter syndrome or that um, those self-doubts creep in. You have to, instead of saying fail faster, Mina and Jacqueline told me, you have to say to yourself, move forward imperfectly. Because yeah, it isn't perfect that you approach some four days before the open house. What, you know, even even other scenarios where you're starting a business, it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So it just, it worked out great. And it's incredible. The, the success of it is just 63 out of the hundred. It also gave you data right away in this year that you can implement for next year as well Absolutely. to make it even better.
0: So yeah, so I think um, what I love about this too is that you everyone gets like you were saying hung up so there's people that are like quick starters they move forward really quickly but and so there's people who work on their logos for months and they but you found you had that rush because there was a school year a starting one. yeah <laughs> you had a genius idea a school year starting and you got it out there and it just kind of shows everybody too like it's not necessary all the hoopla you know like Instagram, Facebook, if you have a good product and you know how to sell it and you of the customer base there, you don't need the rest of it really. Because even for designer consulting co-op, for example, I have, I've never, like, I'm not a huge blogger. I don't have a huge, you know, Instagram following. Like it's not, nothing's gigantic, but I, but my business speaks for itself and like the places that I've been. So, and you're fortunate when you don't have to sit around and do all that time for like fixing your Facebook page or Instagram and, and being a blogger um, so this is it's great so um, so do you have any questions like as you're moving into this business what can we help you with?
2: I would love to know what else I might be able to do throughout the school year so that it's not just you know one month out of the year I get this inflow are there other opportunities that I could do that would be easy to manage still keep it the seasonality of it because I have another business I'm running and family and all of that. So I don't want it to take up too much time, but I think there's some opportunity that I could be taking, um, to develop it just a little bit further.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I think you look at the seasonality of a school year. So let's look at beginning of the school year That's you've already tapped into that, right? So next coming up is midterm. So holiday break Um, so maybe you do a box that hits that midterm slump or that holiday slump that they're in for that season so it would be fun items and then at the end of the end of the year it'd be graduation items something fun for them that celebrates how fun school can be or you could have specific brands that would partner with you and make it even better so inspired by subscription box model by bringing in other products but then you're you're the one who's curating that box, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as when you when you get the orders for those sixty something kits, did you get those emails? Yes. Okay. So that would be a way to sell to those same people. It'd be reoccurring. Right. Right. So.
0: They could sign up even outside of it, or and it could be like you know, how Target. You can like dedicate certain funds to the school. Do they still do that? Uh huh. So. Um, it could be that where maybe at this point they're purchasing through you and they put in the school name and then like you're doing your donation off of that. So it could be for the fun mom. So there's the practical mom and then there's the ones that are like, you know, this might be fun, like to keep your kid motivated throughout the school year, like uh-huh. like cute erasers or, you know, where it goes from just the general crayons or markers or paper or whatever they need to basically my kid's starting kindergarten. <laughs> so I'm like just hitting your market, um, but that it kind of motivates them throughout it. I also think, and I wonder, like, school supplies for coming back to school, so at that mid-year time, do they need to
2: replenish? Because there could be sort of like a replenishing kit as well. There's not – so for our school, there's not really a big push for it. But, you know, like all teachers, they're Mm -hmm. strapped for funds, and a lot of times it comes out of their own pocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they do wish lists, and they do send that out to parents. Like, if you're inclined, here's my wish list. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I could partner – with the school and have them submit their teacher wish list and they can, the parents can then just use my site to buy the wish list and I I can deliver it to the school and give a portion back to the school as a fundraiser as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And also the bigger you grow, you could probably do some partnerships with, like you could probably contact Crayola or people who are distributors and then you can actually ask them for the donations at the point of that. So maybe the wish list isn't from you out of your pocket. But maybe it's, if the school's, like, let's just say you say, like, the goal is if 75% of the school signs up for this, then so-and-so is willing to then donate to these wish lists kind of thing to, like, fund the school. So, like, if you got a certain
1: sign-up, and then it motivates everyone
0: to then be able to replenish the school. So
1: scarcity is flipped. It'd be like, we only have five blah, blah, blah left, five boxes left till we reach our goal of however many boxes, and then this business, this partner is going to match us or something okay. you know and so that way you have to get them to agree to match you and or this bonus item would be added to the box or you can phrase it however you want or make it however you want um, also I think that in your email list to those parents that buy the kit so right now you have 60 something every time they buy you should tell them how much you contributed to the school okay. because you are you know contributing five dollars every box I am always happy to help the school with my daughter. And I'm even happier when I know that I've helped give us, you know, when I know actually what that is, instead of just buying a t-shirt, for instance, for spirit wear, I know that, wow, I actually gave, it was a part of this check that gave the school like a thousand dollars for a playground. Mm -hmm. So it could be like a library revamp or an actual specific goal with the school. Let me add to
0: that then. So what about like the buy one, kind of give one so I think also there's a huge percentage of kids that are probably like in need in need at Mm -hmm. these schools and so a donation type thing too so it could even be if you've got wealthier neighborhoods in Vegas that um, have money and there's a higher percentage maybe there's even like a portion donated Um, they can opt not necessarily not going to the school but maybe they can opt to buy one for their kid and buy one for a kid in need Mm -hmm. and then that can then be sent to a school where like maybe they have a lower sign up but they still need it Um, Same with like, so like these goals are reaching goals. um, And then I think as your business grows, like philanthropy wise, like that's another option for kids who can't afford to have the supplies and these other kids' parents can.
2: That's a great idea. You see boxes set up all over the place. Whereas you're doing your school shopping, just pick up extra and dump it in this box. But you don't ever know what school is it going to? Is it actually going to the school? Mm -hmm. Like Uh what kids,
1: is it helping? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then if you could, let's say you take a photo of yourself delivering this big stack of boxes, I think that's so powerful for people to see and um, helps you know build your own business too. Plus, when somebody has this more specific goal instead of, hey, let's raise ten thousand dollars it's easier for them to imagine when they see the physical boxes or if they see a physical playground or if they see a physical you know diagram of how a library could look but you've done so so well Thank with you. what you've done already And I-, I love
2: the philanthropy idea too like we always like with the kids we always tell them like even with their chores or my daughters I'm trying to raise her on very entrepreneurial and um, she makes things and she'll sell them and we do like the three jar idea where mm-hmm. it's okay, we're going to put a portion into spend, we're going to put a portion into save, and a portion into give. Mm -hmm. So we're always teaching give back. Um, And my son has special needs, so I would love to be able to, when the profits support it, do like maybe not a matching contribution, but a certain percentage that will specifically go to the special needs program Mm -hmm. because those are always underfunded. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here in Las Vegas, especially – those are the areas that they cut first, Mm -hmm. is the special needs programs. So I'd love to be able to give back and get assistive technology, get another aid in the classroom, whatever it takes to be able to support the students who need the extra attention.
0: So I love that jar idea. So if we're just thinking visuals, when you have a little bit longer in your business, (laughs) where you're
1: creating the visuals. I think that they should be, every CEO should do this for even their biggest businesses, you know, like not just your daughter. I mean, like I said. (laughs) Yeah, but, so what um, was it? Spend, save, and give. And give. So
0: for you guys, like the spend, save, and give, you know, might be like the save part is kind of like going towards the school, right, for whatever their needs are, like that $5. But maybe if you did these jars, so it's like goal amounts. And so as things are filled, like, you know, if there's visuals, you can actually see the jars being filled. So the then, line, the physical yeah. line. <laughs> so that is like really <laughs> on par with like your family, the way you raised your family, the way you're raising your, you your children, and like, and your, um, you know – What's the word I'm looking for? Um it's just in line with you as a brand, you personally. And then um, yeah, I and this is my big thing. Like I have a nephew that's special needs and um but not only that, just bullying, just in general bullying. And I'm always like it comes down to the parents. Like if the parents taught kids to support each other and the parents are supportive instead of like my nephew, like people are kind of like he's a bother to my children versus sort of like how do we all sort of support him, right? So if the parents can learn to support each other and then like support another, like a sister school, instead of being like, keep those kids away from our kids, but let's like help those kids as well so that all, like the whole community can thrive. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge.
1: And sometimes it makes just a difference of that extra little bit of special time. Empowering teachers just to um, be able to do certain things in their capabilities and then saying, here's the funds to do it because their hands are strapped. Right. 90% of the time, they have to like pull money out of their own pocket, even when they see that it's needed. Right. You know, so I just, I love that so much. Yeah. Parti-
2: partially skills and mm-hmm. teaching them, but then they, even if they have the skills, they don't have the funds to be able to do the accommodations or modifications that are needed to serve the child. Right. Uh So it's kind of a movement, too, you can build around. this. But going back to your question of what to do through the year, the
0: other question, because you have another business, which we'll sort of jump into a little later, but is sometimes you don't need to keep it going. Like, if you had a business that did so well once a year... I mean, think about it again. Would like be so bad. No, <laughs> like you had to that work. You had to work like a <laughs> couple months of the year, and you were selling to. You know, you had fifty thousand customers instead of ninety thousand customers. You know, if like let's just say that was your percentage, that's also not a horrible thing. So maybe it's maybe it's about like you do all your work for the summer. You know, the summer ramp up to get it to the kids, and then the rest of your year could be slightly like. Philanthropic or speaking or whatever it is, plus, like focusing on just your being other business. Visible. Yeah. yeah, just staying involved in, with the PTAs, like helping them, let's say, with fundraisers, or maybe it, it is that you're sort of like tacking a couple of things on for them as they go through the year. But it's kind of like Girl Scout cookies once a year. We see girls who yeah, have cookies, true. and then you wait
1: for the next year. So I love that idea. So what you would do for that is, so once a year, instead of doing it more times in a year, you instead try to um, upsell. So you're trying to, instead of increasing your profits or your margins through uh, more products, which in your case, it would be more times a year, more boxes, you would try to increase the margin of your transaction. So an upsell would be something like if you had a fun box that was, let's say, you know, like a no-brainer, $15, to have a fun box added to your school supply kit. And we're talking the fun erasers, little labels, supply, you know, <laughs> labels. But maybe, they buy,
0: but maybe they buy it all at the same time. So yeah, like they so can it's opt, upsell. And so you know exactly when you're in your selling mode that someone has decided to get maybe two more boxes throughout the year. They've checked those off. You've gotten all the money. And then at that point, you don't have to be oh. selling throughout
1: the year. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're just shipping the other two right. boxes. And it just comes with it. So you're upselling that and they can they don't have access to that unless they buy the initial box. That's okay. why it's only like, let's say $15 or something, you know, and it has just like a little delightful things or uh, labels, like I said, because that's something that they need anyways that's not usually on the list. Or maybe it's a countdown or maybe it's a first day of school poster. You know, things like that, that is an add-on that's really fun that's definitely adding it like, increasing your margin, but you're selling to those same customers. And um, and you're only doing it once a year. You
0: and know? once it's once that selling period is done, that's it. They yeah. have to sign up and next year. And once those other
1: boxes, the upsell boxes are gone, they're gone as well. So there's scarcity in that too. Right.
0: And then kids are going to be like, Mom, so-and-so got blah, blah, blah. And they're I like,
1: didn't. yeah, and so it's like, <laughs> sign up for next year. Yeah. So what we love to do, myself and my daughters, is that I they don't really – they like school supply shopping. And it's more stressful for me, but they find a lot of fun in clothes shopping. They they don't care less about the actual supplies because right. it's so specific. Red folder, two pockets, you know, no staples, blah blah blah. They took the fun out of it with those very specific lists. <laughs>
2: yeah, and that's what I put on the website. Like, start stop bargain bin diving for community supplies that don't matter anyway, and uh-huh. spend more time doing quality shopping, Mm -hmm. picking
1: personalized things like the clothes and the backpacks and the things that are fun. Uh I love that. And like a new water bottle. My daughter's really into Mm -hmm. water bottles. (laughs) She gets a new one every year, you know? Water bottles, lunch boxes. Uh
0: Yeah. Little labels to add to those water bottles and lunch
2: boxes. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I I put them on my own kids' things, okay, too. I like the fun box idea because all of these school supplies are going to go to the school. They go into the community supply pit. Yeah. (laughs) And they stay there. So, but they're going to have homework. And uh-huh. they need supplies at home to be able to do their homework with. So maybe their fun box they get to take home or oh, I deliver yeah. it to the home and that can start their study area uh-huh. for their homework.
0: Yeah. And it could be like, maybe there's like, I don't know, but it is, it's kind of like women in our desks, like our entrepreneurial desks, like, um, you know, whatever that special thing is on your desk that motivates you to sit down. Like for us, it's candles or a crystal or like a really cute notebook pen Uh so that would be that is a good idea so that's all kind of you could try and batch that into the ones it's like buy the basics okay add this on add this on add this on and maybe the more they buy it's kind of like bundled you know plus seven dollars plus fifteen dollars you know but then you know that if they were to buy all of it it hits a number that feels comfortable for the whole shebang. Yeah.
1: um. And then you know that's your busy season and it's once a year. But, I mean, you said so yourself there's 91,000 students. Would you be okay if all of them signed up? You know? (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good problem to have. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So even a portion of that (laughs) once a year would be a very hefty income and it's just like um, products that are based, that are Christmas products, right? They make all their money during Christmas and maybe they have a Christmas in July, you know? But even that, they don't bank on the Christmas in July. It's that, they would pro- should probably just try to upsell in the holiday season because it's an easier purchase when you're adding on to something than when you're um, restarting again. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. But yeah. So
0: anything What else Anything else within this business that you feel like you'd like some help on?
2: Oh, let's see. Uh, so the idea will be to go out and develop this through the year and get more partner schools mm-hmm. on board. Um so, how do you suggest, like is it cold calling, is it, you know, what ideas do you have for actually contacting the schools and getting them on board?
0: So, quick question, did you say, you, how, did you get a few PTAs to kind
2: of give you a letter of intent that they were going to do this? Yes, so as I was sharing my story, I have a few friends that said, hey, my school is on board, like, we will do that fundraiser, it's awesome, and they did sign a letter of intent. Okay but if I'm going out to 316 schools that are here in Las Vegas, um, like, do I shoot them an email? Do I go to the principal? Do I go to the president of the PTA? Like,
1: how, what do you guys suggest? I suggest calling and asking who you contact. Sometimes it is only through the PTA and or PTO, whatever you call it at that school, and sometimes it is through the principal, or sometimes it's through the guidance counselor. You know, you just don't know. Also, what I think that you should do is you should have numbers of the what those other schools are doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like name dropping, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like Abraham Lincoln School is participating in blah blah blah. It's like going for the whale first. So when people. <laughs> know that other people are participating and you say they got, I don't know, a $1,000 to their PTO and it went towards the library, you're able to show the case study, the social proof of this school actually being very successful in doing that. And they are more apt to say yes because they are not the first school to try to put their trust in you to deliver those products. Like if you have a special flyer, you know that when you're going in to sell to the school that you should probably bring that up and you could even have a flyer that shows your case studies you know like, like kind and, of like a pitch deck or something yes yeah. perfectly yes something
0: simple you could also send the school like as a gift you could address it to like the principal and you can send them a kit with like an explanation of it so that mm-hmm. might be a little bit of cost involved um but I would say, like, start with a handful of schools and probably schools that you think that the communities could afford it versus the ones that maybe right. they're not. Um, and then you can start there. And then you could also talk about, like, do you have a sister school? Like, as you work through this, what your give back is going to be. Um, but I would just try a handful and see where they direct you to. Okay. Talk to the principal. And introduce yourself. Tell them what you're doing. Exactly what she said. Like, we've raised X amount of dollars in three days from these kits and, like, this is the... These are the results. We have three other schools that have, like, like committed to this. Um, and then, like, would you be who we spoke to? Or, like, who's your lead person? Like, who's your lead parent? Or who can I contact? And then it's all about relationships, so they're also just going to be so jazzed on what you're talking about. And, like, oh my goodness, this is so easy. Um, I also think uh, there's, like, kindergarten days. So, like, kindergarten is a totally separate thing, right? Because, like, they have, like, this kids coming back and, like, well, at least at, like
1: our school, mm-hmm. like fifth Same graders, graders. we actually the parents meet with the kindergarten teacher. The yeah, the kindergarten teacher comes to the, our houses in Iowa, and we sit down with the teacher, which That's is incredible. Amazing. Yeah, which you know isn't probably safe for kindergarten teachers <laughs> going to <be> <laughs> but, Would you like some <laughs> <candies>? <laughs> candy? <from laughs> Ours <laughs> but now, we had no idea until ours came. I was like, wow, I can't believe they do that's that. That's a good district.
0: But <laughs> so there's also like the sub kindergarten one. You could do almost like a kindergarten box, and like maybe in there there's something fun that's like a keychain, you know, something like first day of school a picture, like frame or something um, in addition to or like an add on. But um, I think there's twofold there too. Yeah. And that's the, that's the principal is doing like the open houses and who's in charge of fundraising. Um, and it might be different each one, but cold calling, yeah. But cold call, and people like phone calls, and the principals will respond. Like, you'll leave a message with the secretaries. You could ask for their email address. So it's kind of like when you're looking for stores to buy your stuff. Like, oftentimes, they might get a ton of emails, and they're going to get back to their priorities. If you call and, like, make and like have that communication, and then you're like, hey, so... Um, is the principal available? I'm doing da da da. I'd like to like talk about a fundraiser for your school, and they might take a message. Can I also get their email address? You can send them a great email with like a good subject line, like we do. Um, we do good subject lines, I think. Like like, <laughs> 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 but something cute, so something like it could be formal, but also something that's enticing, like you know, um, the school name plus your business name. Like equal fundraiser or something, you know, something like that, and then and then it's just the follow up, okay, with it.
1: Yeah, I think that cold calls or that you should totally cold call are the ones that still work in the traditional model of how things are done. So don't be calling a tech company that's run by millennials, obviously, you know. So <laughs> the
0: principals and schools, yeah, like you're still schools, calling
1: exactly. They still run from that traditional model of you know red tape and old school way of th- doing things so getting a phone call for them is normal and and then probably the best way to do it okay. I think that they just do things in a certain um, process that you have to kind of accommodate to
0: I'll also say like if they do say yes let's do this send some sort of like gift or something even to the person you could send like a like a thank you note an
1: onboarding thing yeah you know.
0: Like just a follow through with it. So like right. thank you so much. So all these people that you're saying have like letters of intent. Stay in contact with them. So it's like this touch point. So it might be like a thank you so much. It could be like an update email. It could be we met with some amazing people today at the shows and like, you know, there's like personal she hates them, but like pencils are <laughs> <laughs> like a regular pencil sharpener pencil. She's like, No, I would never do this. But you know, if you did something that was like on brand, um, that you can kinda of send them as like a reminder that's
1: cute or yeah pencils would fit with a school what Jacqueline was talking about is that you know how there's (laughs) those pencils that they say go get it or whatever but they're personalized pencils Mm -hmm. and most people love those but I like loathe them anytime (laughs) that my daughter gets a pencil from like a freebie gift thing because we can't actually do um baked goods or anything anymore in our school um she gets tons of pencils and i'm like oh sorry recycle bin and i just throw it in there because i just i don't like pencils i don't know what it is and i don't like to take the time to sharpen them and you know how many times my daughter asked me to sharpen a pencil for her I'm just like, oh, so, yeah. You can tell <laughs> this is a point of contention for me So, anyways, I wanted to get that out there. <laughs> My daughter has, like, an electric sharpener that she Yeah. Just stick
2: yeah. So does in mine,
1: there. but the tip always breaks in there. Okay, so you've talked about the
0: other business you have. So let's talk about that for a second, because people don't like this. Is you are a mother with two businesses,
1: so <laughs> and two kids, and two kids, and four kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: like, that's that's why, why I was right. Thank from. you. <laughs> Thank yes. You. So um, so you own uh, Crooked Cactus CBD. So tell us a little bit about that business.
2: Yeah, that's very exciting. So Crooked Cactus CBD, we are a manufacturer and we distribute. Pure, safe, helpful, hemp-derived CBD and therapeutic essential oil remedies that support your health and your active lifestyle. Um, and it's pretty fascinating with where we're at with more and more states um, passing hemp and cannabis laws. And how I got into that business was my son with special needs. He was born with Down syndrome and then um, placed on the, uh, well, ADHD, and then ultimately the autism spectrum, and finally a seizure disorder. And so the seizures is what we went out on a quest to find a more natural approach rather than all of the pharmaceuticals with these nasty side effects that they wanted to give my then six-year-old son. And I'm looking at him and thinking about all of these side effects, and I'm like, no, not my baby boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we stumbled upon CBD, and within three weeks the seizures had completely
1: stopped. Wow. I and know a lot of people take for anxiety. It's, you know, so many things that it can be helpful with, right? It's
2: amazing. And in the beginning, I thought there's no way. Like how, Ugh. I had to get over the stigma, right? I'm a child of the 80s, like just say no to drugs. And then <laughs> those like, images of those eggs where it's like, this is your You're brain. brain. <laughs> and this is your brain on drugs. And they're uh. frying up yeah. in the pan. Uh. And, um, but we were so desperate for help. Mm -hmm. um that we figured despite all of the consequences that were being presented at that time that it was worth um, moving forward and we're happy that we did but yeah so we once it worked i thought shoot like i better do some more research into exactly what this is and we found out that it matters where it's grown and how it's cultivated and how it's extracted and we were using um, still a very big brand today, but we found out that they extracted with ethanol and butane. Is well, it because the pesticides? Is that why? So hemp is what's called a massive bioaccumulator. So it's super skilled at pulling up everything out of the soil. Okay. So if there's heavy metals or pesticides or microbes in the soil, it just seeps it up. Like uh-huh. hemp is planted in areas where there's chemical contaminations and oil spills and things like that because it's so skilled at replenishing that soil Okay. so it, it matters uh-huh. and then the extraction process like how do you actually get the plant material like out of the the greenery and into an oil form um, you can use steam distillation you can use all of these different um, types of extractions but you know putting butane an ethanol, an acetone, in mm. my child was not an option. Right. And there wasn't any transparency at that point almost four years ago. And we just decided, hey, if we're going to know what goes into my son's body and ultimately ours, because our whole family started using it, once we dove into the research and saw all the benefits, we figured we're just going to have
1: to do it our own. Mm. That is amazing. And I know exactly what you mean. They're going to, in Iowa where I live, they year like i don't even know decades ago had ammunitions on this land that John Deere which is a the tractor company. yeah the tractor mm-hmm. company but they also do i don't know corn or whatever <laughs> gosh i know <laughs> nothing about this company obviously <laughs> anyway so land was where an ammunitions um production company was before back in like the civil war or whatever and so the dirt and everything still had casings and it still had you know, whatever like color goes, yeah, lead, yeah. and things that you don't think about because you think we're decades from that, but. That things lives like, on, yeah, it oh. does live on. Where I lived in New Jersey
0: in Edgewater, it was like all um, like coal, and and it was because it's the ports so like on Hudson. And I lived next to a super fun site, like which is like the EPA has closed this thing now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is why the rent's cheaper on this side. <laughs> the
1: way that Jack talks about New Jersey, I have this image in my head, and it's like it's so. so
0: <laughs> where I live though is so beautiful. Like I sit under the trees and watch squirrels and
1: birds. Yeah, this and is actually. She's not being facetious no I love it there's like yeah. baby
0: deer that live in my backyard Aww. at this point and I'm and you know like and then if the trees weren't as full and luscious as they are <laughs> I could see New York City so it's just funny because I'm an LA girl in LA people <laughs> are brats and I'm just like I never thought I'd be living like in the because let me tell everybody like it's not Housewives of New Jersey like it's Awesome. And then we met mm-hmm. some Jersey people today, uh-huh. and then they were like, where do you live? And I was like, off the 280, off, and they're like, what exit? Because that's what people do in Jersey. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, um, yeah, the 280. And they're like, no, no, 280. You live off 280, <laughs> not the. I was like,
1: we don't add the the. Yeah. And like, we're like, the 101, <laughs> yeah, the,
0: the 405, <laughs> 405 <laughs> the 10. So anyways, New Jersey, love you. Thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> So, um, okay, so where and how do you sell the, how do you sell your product right
2: now? Wow. So because of the industry, we can't do any paid advertising. So no Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google Sense, like nothing paid. Um, Even in publications or advertising on billboards, I mean, a lot of it is limited. Uh, So mostly word of mouth Mm -hmm. and just as being as visible as I can, sharing my story. Can you do podcasts? (laughs) <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> and how about um and how about
2: uh online sales you can sell online i can sell online uh so i have a facebook page and we have an e-commerce store um you can't so the banking is still an issue so it's kind of a two-step process to be able to get it but yeah it's all done once they go through it once return customers are like no problem we know yeah. how to shop we kind of mm-hmm. train them um but the yeah, wild it's west still. Wild, almost. wild west. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But getting in on it early. Like, you know, I mean, it's still on the early side of it all where if you can't do billboards and we're gonna talk about this in a few years and there's gonna be billboards everywhere for yeah, it. Yeah.
1: People aren't even gonna know what billboards are anymore. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like emoticons. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. So I think yeah, it's just something that's so new. Um this is something that with Amazon, for instance, they did some sort of it's such a huge deal where um they said that sellers now have to collect sales tax for every single state. So it's something like 45 states, so not every single state, um, and then some municipalities. But it will be such a like compliance nightmare because nobody knows how to do that as a seller, but they're just kept trying to catch up with what the way things were before. Same with CBD oil, right? They're trying to figure that out in the federal system and then it will affect the sellers of it eventually and then it will be very normal. So the same thing with the sales tax. People, I think anyways, will eventually look to have a federal law. You're paying something federal rather than to 45 states. I mean, it's insane, right? So it'll probably be something federal that gets passed and it will umbrella it all. And then, you know, years from now, people will be, you know... It won't even be a thing you'll be a pioneer basically yeah
2: there's right now
1: there's very on the
2: marijuana side very heavily regulated so Uh anybody buying a product from a dispensary like no problem that's tested it's highly regulated you know exactly where it's coming from you know the genetics very safe on the CBD side for hemp No regulation so it's a little scary because you have people that see the opportunity they're jumping on the bandwagon they're trying to cash in on the green rush Uh and there are things like on Amazon that Uh are being sold as CBD oil but there's no CBD in it Uh or you know it's just hemp seed oil which doesn't contain CBD Uh there's people that are getting the oil from China right Mm -hmm. and it hasn't been tested and there's no testing regulations so it's it's very hard for consumers right now, and I have an ebook available at crookedcactuscbd.com that gives the ten Cs of CBD, and that's the ten considerations that you should be aware of when you're shopping or comparing brands. And if your brand, you know, maybe not all brands hit, you know, all ten. I mean, we do, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the higher that you can get on that checklist, the better. Things like proper labels and testing and um, how it's cultivated, making sure that you understand what's in it. You know, all yeah. really are you educating in the minister? customers? Or are you educating other people to sort of do it themselves? So I do one-on-one CBD sessions uh, where anybody can hop on my calendar and we go through, whether it's just answering questions like, is it good for this? Mm-hmm. How do I dose? Um, you know, How do I choose a product? So I do that, and there's very few people out there that, that are you know
1: at that level of service i think it's really confusing that's why i think that a lot of people from what i understand of it it's like getting all the benefits of hemp without like being high right. you know <laughs> so then people are thinking you know can i drive with it can i you know will it make me super sleepy think um will it make me hungry you know will what what are the benefits me- uh, medically so i think that there's so much consumer confusion because of that and it's So smart for you to take a look at it from a like medicinal angle. Could you and I don't know if you do
0: this within your group or like on your Facebook page, but could you take some of the questions that you're asked in these one-on-ones and like track them, and then be able to sort of repeat it to like do a Q and A, like so you can almost get all that information out to people because you're you're getting this knowledge. Like I'm sure you get repeat questions Mm -hmm. oftentimes, and so whenever there's a repeat question, that's something you should write a blog about or do a facebook live about it and mm-hmm. sort of re- and that's the wash rinse repeat sort of deal <laughs> you know where it's it's the thing that if most people are asking you then a lot of people have those questions and so some, that that's somewhere to pay attention to right.
2: I can do that, and that's on my to-do list. Yeah. So not so something I'm
1: fast acting on
2: like I did with school Supply Shopper. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it's great that you're, you know, really position position yourself as an expert because eventually then you can raise your prices because you know that you're hitting those 10 points, whereas those other brands are subpar. Right now it's kind of where um, you're establishing that still. Right. You know, so then as a parent or as someone who cares about my health I'm willing to pay more of a premium because I know that you've already jumped through the hoops Mm -hmm. and you know made sure there's no butane in my CBD oil let's say you know but I didn't even know that should be a concern for me so it's just like Jacqueline said says about so many products that sometimes it's just about the education and then that's the stage that you're in to be in that expert stage and then you can raise your prices eventually to fit that however it may be, how the market sets, right? Because you don't want to be at the same price as a crappy brand. You want to be above them. Or, like,
0: becoming the expert so that, like, let's say local news stations could hire you if there's some sort of movement or law passed that, like, you can come on and speak. Mm -hmm. So eventually, like, defining yourself as an expert. So, I've been following like Aviva Ram, She does a thing on um, adrenal uh, adrenal fatigue syndrome. But she's a doctor, and she has a podcast, and then she has a book. And I kind of found my way to that. And um, and so she reinforces her book, her brand. She sells supplements. All of this is all reinforced, and she's like the person and the expert people would go to if they were to looking into like adrenal fatigue, for example. Which I was looking into. So um, <laughs> yeah. you listen to Thank the podcast, you. absolutely. So this is the fun part where we're going to oh, ask I you that rapid questions. questions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so it's it's fun. So we'll start with what is your coffee order? A. Venti Mocha Frappuccino with three pumps Frapp roast and five pumps Mocha.
1: Um, How much is that? <laughs> like twelve dollars. Five
2: dollars and thirty-five cents. <laughs> really? That's a, that's a steal. Oh, and with, with almond milk. Oh. Amazing.
0: So <laughs> um, last time we were here, we spent like twelve dollars on two teas or something. Yeah. It was like something crazy. All right. Um, favorite thing on your desk?
2: Oh, you know I am very mobile. I don't really have a set desk. Um, I co-work at a downtown location here in Las Vegas and so that's moving parts and at home it's wherever I have space. Okay. But my favorite thing that I have on me at any given time is my bullet journal. Oh very cool. Um, so finish this sentence. When I pick up my phone I... Cringe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no you look at the product boss podcast.
2: <laughs> um, you wish you knew how to... I wish I knew how to, like, speak every language in the world. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that would be nice. So there were no language barriers anywhere I went, and I could totally monetize that. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That's a good
0: answer. Um, what was the last show you binge watched? Um, Luther. Okay. Um, what should the title on your business card actually say? It actually does say what it is. Hashtag <laughs> CBD chick. Oh, cool. (laughs) Um, Do you have an alter ego or stage persona?
2: I would say yes. Um, She doesn't come out very often, but when I need to get things done, um, I call upon um, Contessa.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that name. (laughs) The
0: CBD Contessa.
1: Yeah, it seems so powerful. Yeah, it really is.
0: And then, what would you tell the baby you now what you didn't know back then? So, like, your start your baby business person, like, who you were then.
2: Oh, I still feel like I am a baby business person. <laughs> um, I mean, four days ago, you didn't have a difference. So, about 35 <laughs> days ago, what would you have told yourself? <laughs> um, well, I, I think what I did with Skull Supply Shopper is what I would have told my, my younger self in a lot of different ways, which is just go for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Just yeah.
1: so what? Like, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You sell 60-something kits and sign on for schools, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and I figured even
2: if it was zero, it was a project with my daughter. And sometimes you don't get sales. Mm -hmm. And so it's still a win because it would have been a lesson that I could have talked to her about and I would have learned from.
0: Yeah, oh amazing. God. So you've just proved. I mean, you've just got the full circle. Yeah. Well, exactly. I love that both of your kids have inspired your businesses. So that you just the things that you've created are for them, and that they've and they also have that story to tell yeah, too. Yeah,
1: they actually each have their own business. Yeah.
0: You yeah. <laughs> know, right? Yeah.
1: So <laughs> that's
2: awesome. Um,
0: so they tell our legacy. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So tell our listeners how they can reach you and contact you, and we'll just tell them both businesses.
2: Okay, schoolsupplyshopper dot because it's like. Fourteen days old or whatever. That's the only thing I have there. Um, I'm very accessible on Facebook, Ty Vance Thompson, and at Crooked Cactus CBD on Facebook and CrookedCactusCBD.com. Awesome, and we'll have all those all in the show notes as well. <laughs> all right. Well, thank
0: you so much for meeting us, and Thanks, we're just Taya. so excited.
2: Thank you, ladies.
0: Bye.
1: This episode was brought to you by our new mastermind program, Holiday to Halo. You get the guidance of both myself and Jacqueline as your coaches inside an amazing group of fellow product-based business owners. Starting in September, we'll be getting a head start and ramping up to make a big impact on sales for the Cyber Five, which is Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday. Then onto Christmas revenue strategy. And to boost your growth into the new year, we'll be setting your business up for Halo sales into Q1. We will love for you to join us. Go to theproductboss.com slash mastermind for more information.